Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. And I really hope that you are activating on those goals that you've got. You got new dreams and ideas and often those kind of fall off in the first few months. But our coaching clients are seeing huge gains with those goals and with their health, their teams are maturing and developing. We hope that that's true for you. Hey, we've got a great episode today. I think it's a topic that we all need to be talking about, especially if you are on a team, you lead over a team, or you lead an organization. I believe as we dive into this topic today, that it's got some serious practical handles for you to be able to apply. I mean, like right after you listen to it in an hour, I believe that you can make some serious progress on this. But before we dive into that, I want to invite you or someone you know to become a better coach. There are a lot of coaches out there. People reach out to me and I just believe that coaching is easy to get into and it's really hard to succeed at. I've had a several year journey into coaching. I figured some things out in the meantime and honestly, a lot of them I had to figure out the hard way. And I don't want that to be the story for you, for somebody that you know. If you are a coach or you know a coach who loves Jesus, is a life coach, leadership coach, executive coach, sabbatical coach, even a spiritual director who's pushing more into coaching. If you want to increase your impact and your income, let's talk. We are starting a mastermind called the Transformational Coaches Mastermind. If you want to be a coach that sees life change, you're going to have to dial in your impact and exactly your style for coaching. You're going to have to dial in your income. If you want to make time for this regularly, those twin engines of income and impact have to align. I know how hard it is, but I truly believe that I can help you jumpstart and even speed up by a year or two, maybe even three in your process of coaching. If this sounds interesting to you, we're taking applications. It's not for everybody. It's application only. So if you are interested in this, you can get the link in the show notes to apply. You can also just email me at alan at stayforth.com. That's A-L-A-N at S-T-A-Y-F-O-R-T-H.com. If you or someone you know wants to become a transformational coach, we want you learning with and from us in this mastermind. Somebody asked me several weeks ago, what concerns you right now? Honestly, my response is quiet quitting. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the quiet quitting, which I believe is an epidemic right now, what do we mean by this? Well, some people are quitting. We heard a lot about this maybe the last 18 months where people were you know, kind of turning over and there was a lot of churn in organizations, a lot of people actually quitting. But there's actually a Harvard Business Review article. We can link to that in the show notes, but it actually makes a case for why quiet quitting is worse than actual quitting. But what is quiet quitting? Quiet quitting is essentially being so disengaged in the workplace, you're not actually adding value, you're not actually doing work, you're not deeply engaged in the mission, but you're still employed. I believe this is a huge waste of time and energy. Now, let me be clear. I don't think today's podcast episode is going to solve the quiet quitting epidemic, but I am concerned and I do believe there are some practical things that we can do. Now, every workplace study I've ever read in the last decade indicates this. Very few employees are engaged. 
mean, very few are engaged. Now, what's interesting is that the leaders at the top, so many leaders that I get to coach are not only engaged, but they think day and night about how is this team going to succeed? How can people stay engaged in their work? What's the next way that we are going to bless our employees? What's the next way we're going to see engagement, workplace culture developed? And so there's a big difference between those at the top who are deeply engaged, maybe even overly engaged in their work, and then those at some level, maybe in the mid or in the bottom of the disengagement piece that are just doing the bare minimum so that they can keep a job there. Now, I believe this has gotten worse because of decentralized work. It's harder to see when somebody is disengaged. Now, maybe they're putting up just good enough work that you don't ask too many questions. But regardless of how this is impacting your team, it's impacting a ton of teams and a ton of organizations and billions of dollars every year are being wasted on keeping people employed who are disengaged, doing the very minimum. They have quit in their minds and in their hearts. They just haven't physically quit. They haven't been fired. And maybe they're in that in between. Maybe you know somebody like this. Maybe you employ somebody like this. Maybe you're on a team with somebody like this and you speculate that they have quietly quit in their hearts. Uh, Maybe you are this person that's starting to drift into disengagement. So as a leadership coach, I'm engaging businesses and nonprofits and churches most of my week. And I've been asking, what's going on below the surface that creates this quiet quitting? Well, there's a lot. Just to name a few, number one, our desires have changed. Our desires around work and life have changed. People desire greater work-life integration. We saw that during COVID. People are working different hours Now people need time for life administration and driving their families around. And maybe it's unfair, but people want to end work earlier. People want to have more flexibility at work so they can be involved in things like doctor's appointments, going to their kids' games and things like that. There's a lot of health in that. And there may be uh, a lot of unfair expectations in that as well. So I believe that there are a lot of people who are maintaining a hybrid schedule right now. I'm hearing a lot of orgs. You have to come in a couple days a week. But for the most part, if you get the rest of your work done at home, it doesn't as much matter when you work. So people want to flow fluidly between the stuff of life, rides, appointments, family expectations, gatherings, and the work that they need to get done. Now, this could lead to a lot of burnout. People are working in you know weird hours and all of that. But regardless, our desires around work, the fulfillment from work, uh, and sometimes these are unreasonable. but it has changed. So the desires have changed. Secondly, life has changed. Over the last three years, pain and disconnection levels, they've spiked. Now, many people have been through and processed unrealized grief as they looked back from the past. There's this kind of strange cocktail of that where some people have processed that. There's been a lot of depression. There's been a ton of anxiety, and there really still is. And so work in the past brought people a lot of stability. But because there's been so much change over the last few years, that it's actually created a lot of instability in people's lives. And so not only our desires have changed around work, but life has changed. And some of these big buckets uh, have changed. And because of that, I believe our brains have changed. I mean, think about it. Our attention spans are shorter. We scroll 
a lot more. We soak in a lot less. People are busy, busy, busy going to this place, doing this thing. There's always more to be done. And when we think about how our brains have changed, we're actually able to sit less. And so content, I know there are some long form content out there, but a lot of content is short form and it's quick twitch stuff. Our kids are being raised on phones. And so those three are really important in this quiet quitting conversation. Our desires have changed. Namely, we want more fulfillment, work-life integration, perhaps a hybrid schedule. Life has changed. We've had a really hard go of it the last three or four years with a lot of unrealized grief. And lastly, our brains have changed. Our attention spans are shorter and we are moving from thing to thing. So what does this mean? Well, we can't change the heightened desires for work-life balance or integration. We can't change how painful the last season's been. And we can't change these shrinking attention spans. But friends, we can, and I believe we must adapt to them. If we don't adapt the way we lead to those, we're going to lose people, whether they physically leave or whether they quietly leave, whether they actually quit or whether they quietly quit and do the minimum necessary to continue to keep their job. Now, here's what I believe. Meetings are part of this story. Now, they're not the full story, but meetings are part of the problem, perhaps a big part of the problem. Workers won't tolerate wasted time any longer. Meetings create this liturgy for work and for life on the whole. They're when we schedule around things. We have big blocks maybe that are open or small blocks that are open, but we tend to plan those things around meetings, similar to how I plan my free time around class in college. It was here are the things I have to show up at. Everything else can happen in the spare time. Here's the bad news. Poor meetings are contributing to this disengagement and this quiet quitting. Meetings without clear purpose, they're inviting disengagement, even cynicism. People may be physically being present, but on email, doing other things. And meetings that lack preparation devalue our team members. Here's what I believe. Most of our meetings are actually devaluing people. They are not valuing them. And we need to rethink how we meet. Now, here's the good news. Meetings can and should be redesigned in our new world. I'm watching some organizations doing this. I'm helping organizations do this. They're a fast way to get time and energy back for your team. And here's the good news as well. You can actually boost and even demand engagement during those times if and when you lead good meetings. How can we redesign meetings? Let me give you four really specific ways. Number one, cut. It's time to cut the meetings that aren't mission critical, especially if they're recurring meetings. Number two, clarify. It's time to clarify the exact purpose of each meeting. Now, if you can't clarify it, well, that's a sign that you need to cut it. So cut, clarify. The third is shorten. It's time to shorten meeting times, I believe, in half. Take all, maybe even most of the meetings that you have, and you can shorten them in half. Well, how do we do that? The fourth one, prepare. It's time to demand preparation for meetings in order to increase impact. Cut meetings that aren't mission critical. Clarify the exact purpose of each meeting and nail that each time. Third, shorten meetings in half if you can. And last, prepare. Demand preparation from yourself and from others that are heading into meetings. I think it's really important in this conversation to know that there are two things going on. We call them the two buckets in coaching. There's the bucket of things we can't control. 
we're not responsible for someone's disengagement, for someone not bringing their best. That's our responsibility to bring our best each day to work. And so we're not responsible for the disengagement. However, we may be responsible for how we deal with that, for how long you let that go. We've all got decisions to make as people have quietly quit around us and how long that can continue. There are hard decisions here. Again, we're not trying to solve that. But I do believe within our bucket is actually how we utilize time on the team. And more important than that is energy. I believe that the currency of leadership is not time, it's energy. And this is an energy conversation. If we're to do those four around our meetings to cut, to clarify, to shorten, and to prepare, ideally, we are bringing more pop, more joy to that, more reminder of our mission, more celebration of the things that truly matter. And we've got less time. Limitation breeds innovation. But I also believe that it purifies what we've got. If we're to move from maybe an hour a week with each of our direct reports to a half an hour check-in, we've got to prepare. We've got to make sure we get down to the heart of it of what truly matters. And ultimately, other people will have to answer on that. But I believe there is so much for us here in terms of meetings. Now, I'm not just saying this. This isn't just an idea. I'm actively shaping with many of my coaching clients how to redesign meetings. And I have been now for about six months. Because after COVID, we realized a lot of things have changed. and We're actually going to have to have a new liturgy of meetings here. Now, if you make these four changes, it is going to put the onus on you. You're going to have to prepare more. You're going to have to think ahead more and be proactive. And again, I just believe that people will not tolerate wasted time any longer here at work, especially if you multiply that. If six people are in the meeting and that's a one hour, I mean, that's six hours plus of time, energy, and ultimately of money if we're paying employees. But even if we're not, this is a big deal. Our lives are made of time. When we waste people's time, we waste their life. And I've I've always thought, what a slap in the face to people if they show up and we don't even know why we're having this meeting. We don't know the purpose of that. Maybe we can even just take a break for a while and say, do we really need this meeting? Because I'd rather us be able to communicate when we can and utilize email or Slack or Basecamp or Marco Polo, voice memos, whatever tools you utilize to communicate, then actually to take more time than is necessary. This is really crucial right now. Do you want your teammates showing up disengaged? Of course not. Do we want to help the process instead of hurt the process? Of course we do. Do you want your teammates going home underwhelmed and unfulfilled? Of course not. I want everybody within my reach on my team to go home saying, in the time that I gave to this, in the energy that I invested in this, I actually moved something forward. Our mission matters. And I was able to actually be part of that. I believe what people are looking for is a reminder of what really matters right now. People are saying, ah, it's boring to just get a paycheck and not care about what I'm doing. It's boring to not be drawn to a mission that's bigger than us. And I believe one of the key pieces, not the only, are the meetings and how we're going to adapt and adjust. All right, so we've been really practical. Let me go back over those four one more time. Cut meetings that aren't mission critical. Clarify the exact purpose of each meeting. Shorten 
the time of each meeting is ideally in half and prepare for what you are going to go through, what the team's going to go through. That's going to bring max impact. Now, if you've still done those and your meetings still don't have that pop, then I think some other things are at play. But I've got two opportunities for you here. Number one is a tool our team at Stay Forth wants to invest this into you. It's a tool to declutter your life, and it's called the declutter quadrant. I believe that people are doing a lot, but that effectiveness is actually down. So perhaps efficiency is up. People are doing lots, but the effectiveness is down. They maybe aren't doing the right thing. So we've got a tool called the declutter quadrant. Two ways you can get it in the show notes below. We will link to that. Head over to the site. But also, you can always just email us at hello at stayforth.com and say, I'd like the declutter quadrant. We love when people pick up a tool. You can use that tool with your team. I believe there's about 20% of a lot of things that aren't mission critical that most teams can cut out right now. You can give that team back or that gift back to your team. The second thing is a training. Now, I want to help your organizational schedule personally as a leader, but I want to help you get in sync with your team. This training is called Get Your Organizational Schedule in Sync. When we're in sync together, then we can move together, we can accomplish the mission together, and ultimately, we can see people go home more fulfilled, having produced more, created more, done more beautiful things. This is for businesses, nonprofits, and it's a 90-minute training, but I also pair that with some coaching alongside of you. This stuff really is working. We're actually going to get on the same annual energy together. Um, And there's actually a map that we present during this time. Get your organizational and schedule in sync. You can email me at alan at stayforth.com. That's A-L-A-N at S-T-A-Y-F-O-R-T-H.com. Three opportunities. If you're interested in this Transformational Coaches Mastermind, email me there. If you are interested in the Declutter Quadrant tool, it's going to be helpful for you and your whole team. That's free. We want to invest that into you. If you're interested in this team training on getting your organizational schedule in sync, I believe now is the time. If you've waited till now, that's okay, but you just can't stay there. People are voting, not just with their feet and leaving our organizations. They're voting with their heart and their mind being disengaged from our work. We simply can't afford that. That's not good for them. That's not good for us on the team with them. That's certainly not good for our organization and the mission that we're after. Friends, what you do really matters but who you are matters more. And we want you to bring your best self to work. We want you to be engaged. We want you to have pop in your own life, in your own leadership. And if you feel like you are unhealthy, please reach out to us. Maybe even feel like you're just a little bit bored. You're just a little bit aimless. And even if you feel like, man, something small is missing, please reach out to us. We've got something for you, whether it's one of our group cohorts or whether it's our individual one-on-one coaching. Just know this, we love you. We care for you, and you are trying to do something that really matters in this world. We're with you. We're going to continue to bring content here that is life-altering, maybe by 2%, maybe by 20%, but it is time to readdress your meetings. And we'd love to hear from you. Whatever changes you make, whatever new choices that you have, please drop us a line. We love to hear how you are progressing, what you're learning. Keep going. Who you are matters more than what you do. Shine, shine, shine. We ain't focused so long.